0: If you have your Bible or your tablet or your phone, whatever you're in, Proverbs chapter four and verse twenty three is where we're going to start. The Bible says this: Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is awesome and powerful, true and living, active and sharpened in any two-edged sword. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us, help us as we read your word, hear your word, and especially give us the grace to apply uh, your word to our lives each and every day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So when the Bible talks about the heart in both the Old and the New Testament, It's not talking about our physical hearts that we have in our chest and that are pumping. Often when we pray and we say we pray over our hearts, put your hand over your heart. Actually, that word is not uh, our physical hearts, both Old and New Testament. Uh, The word actually means the inner man, both in the Greek and Hebrew. It was a term that meant the inner man, which was made up of three parts, which was like our mental part, our, our mental process, our emotions and our will. Some people also call it the soul, your mind, your will and your emotions. So the part... Of this inner man, the Bible talks about one of the parts is our thoughts, right? So, how do we know that? Look at Proverbs twenty-three, seven. It says, "For as he thinks, where as a man thinks in his heart, so he is." Right? So we know that 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 is accurate because, like, how do you how do you think with the heart that's in your chest, right? So that's what they meant. As a man thinks in his heart, in his inner being, in his mental process, so he is. So, really, we can look at Proverbs four twenty-three again and maybe say it like this: Guard your thoughts. Your emotions and your will above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So tonight, I want to focus on one of these three things that the Bible talks about as our heart, and that's our thoughts. It's our thought life because I think, you know, of course our emotions can. Of course our will can. If God has a will for our life, which he does, and we choose to follow our own will. God said to go here, but now I want to go here. We all know about Jonah. That didn't work out too well, right? Whenever you go your own way and own will. But I believe one of the, the major ones out of the three, maybe the major one, is our thought life. Guard your thoughts because it will determine the course of your life. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is, right? So we got to realize that how we think determines how we act. The way you think determines the way that you act. Where the mind goes, the feelings follow and behavior is not far behind. Let me say that again, where the mind goes, the feelings follow. Remember that's emotions, that's part of it. And then your behavior is soon to follow after It's not far behind the way. If you continually thinking on something, you're going to eventually begin to act these things out. For example, let me give you an example from some scientists, some neurologists that have done studies. From studying the brain, scientists have found that repeated thoughts actually create physical grooves in the brain. When we practice a skill, learn a sport or study facts, a little trench is carved into our brain and actually I learned this years ago and just recently going through a study with some men in the church that negatively as well, we talked about sports of study, but in a negative way as well. If you have an addiction of some sort, you can continuously doing a drug or looking at pornography or something like that. The same thing happens to your brain. It actually physically makes a type of carving or trench into your brain. A little trench is carved into the brain tissue tissue. This is another reason why it's hard to break a habit, especially a bad habit. A habit is truly physical. Repeated thoughts become not just brain grooves, but deeds and repeated deeds become concrete routines. So y'all tracking with me? You constantly have the same thoughts. It creates a groove in your brain, a pathway in your brain, and then after a while, it becomes a habit, a habit becomes a deed, repeated deeds became, become natural routines. That's why some people say, man, I, I don't know why I keep on doing this. You ever heard, or maybe you said, man, I don't want to do this, but I just keep on doing this. It's probably because it started with in your thoughts and it's been repetitious and it's become a, a groove, a physical groove literally in your brain. So think about all the negative chatter that goes on in the mind every day or even every hour. You know they say that a person thinks about 60,000 thoughts each day. 60,000 thoughts each day. Normally many are random thoughts and many can be quite negative. And well I'm going to get to that in a minute. Those repeated thoughts all take the form of negative feelings towards others, ourselves and even God sometimes, which causes fears, doubts, insecurity, anxiety, etc. If there is something in your life that you don't like and you want to change, one of the first things you must do is change your way of thinking. You must change your way of thinking. If you do this, the Bible says that you will be transformed. And we'll look at that a little bit later. So tonight I want to talk to you about transformational thinking transformational thinking wrong mindsets can cause us to think wrongly again about ourselves others and even god and will keep us from the plans and purpose that god has for us so let's look at a couple of wrong mindsets let's first start with the wrong thoughts toward ourselves now, we're going to talk about Gideon a little bit again. I know a couple of weeks ago I talked about Gideon on a Wednesday night, and Pastor Ty talked about him again in our series, the, the current I Am series that we're in on Sunday mornings. And, and we know, again, the story of Gideon, that, that the Midianites were oppressing the Israelites. God found him threshing out wheat in the wine press, and, and, and God calls him to go rescue the children of Israel. Judges 6.12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you, our mighty man of valor, some translations say. Look at his response, Gideon's response, just a few verses later in verse 15. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. See, listen to me. Gideon didn't believe what God told him because of what he already thought about himself. He said, I'm the least in my family. So God himself, through an angel, it was actually an angel speaking to him, the angel of the Lord, God himself was speaking through an angel and said, hey, you're a mighty man of gods. You're a mighty warrior. You're, you know, the God of the universe appeared to him and said, you're a mighty man of valor, and you're going to rescue him. And he said, I'm the least in my family. See, obviously Gideon already had a thought process about himself, and it was hard for him to believe what God was saying about him. Listen, behavior. Is based on a belief. Behavior is based on a belief. What you do is backed up by something you believe. What you do is backed up by something you believe. It's not just, oh, I'm doing this. It's backed up by something you truly believe in. Whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're absolutely right. Whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. If you say, "Man, I can do this," like we know Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ. I can't. But if you say, "I can't," I can't, I can't, I can't. You're believe. You're 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 believing. You're programming your your brain to a belief system that's going to hold you back from whatever it is you're saying that you can't do. We need to find out what the Lord thinks about us and start thinking that way about ourselves. Obviously, we see it clearly. We knew what the Lord saw in Gideon. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about he saw his potential. Remember, sometimes the Lord, every time the Lord, a lot of times people see our potential in us before we even see it. But in this case, the Lord, had a thought and a way of thinking towards Gideon, but Gideon didn't believe it himself. We see Jeremiah 29, 11. A lot of us familiar with this. It says it different, but I like this translation. Some translations say it different. For I know what? The thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Some translations say, I know the plans I have for you, but I love that. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. And he goes on to say that their, their thoughts are plans for good and not for evil, for a future And I hope the Lord's not thinking negatively about us. His plans and purpose, his thoughts that he thinks about us. David says that he thinks so much about us every day we can't even count them. And they're positive thoughts. The negative thoughts uh, that we get, and that's what I was about to say earlier, could come from our, our, our ourself, but our family, our friends, you know, and today more than ever from the media. Again, Social media has become such a sewage and such a platform for negativity and, 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 and about everything from self-image to what you believe and everything. And man, it's just, it's hard for me personally to, to, to get on social media. Although I have a couple of social media platforms, I've really been disconnected because there's just, there's so much negativity, so much negativity about everything. And it, it begins to play into your own thoughts. And what you believe about yourself, and then I'm going to get into what you believe about others, or just the state of the world, maybe your faith, maybe the Bible, maybe God. And of course, this is all backed by the enemy. The, 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 the enemy of our soul, Satan, the devil, is trying to, to hold us bondage in thought patterns, processes, mindsets that are totally against the Word of God and God's will. He constantly wants you to think negative about yourself. I think about this. I mean, it's unheard of that you know you have junior high kids committing suicide nowadays. I mean, junior high kids are not even teenagers yet, and they're, they're they're taking their own lives. Think about the negativity that they're thinking towards themselves to actually want to think about plan out and carry out such a horrific act upon themselves. And they're not even teenagers. I mean, they're they're still children, and they're doing this. You know, think about the thought process of that and how long. They have to been think, must have been thinking and dwelling on that. We must reprogram our minds, saints. If you're caught in a rut uh, of, of, of wrong thinking towards yourself or about yourself, we must reprogram our mind, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So let's look at wrong thoughts about others now. We can think wrong and have wrong mindsets about ourselves, but also have wrong thoughts, wrong mindsets towards others. You know, I, I use this example often, but... You ever have a tough conversation you need to have with somebody or you need to confront somebody or talk to somebody about something and and you have this whole conversation played out in your head like I'm going to go tell them this and when I say this, they're probably going to say this. You ever do that? And if they say this, then I'm going to say this back to them. And and you start thinking that way for about 20, 30 seconds or maybe 20, 30 minutes and by you get so worked up. It's like you've already had an argument in your brain. Have you ever done that? Right. Okay. You're laughing because you know it's true. You get so worked up and then you end up having the conversation and they say nothing you thought they were going to say at all. They end up not saying it. They don't think like you're thinking. They don't, they don't, you know, we have this wrong mindset about people and about what they're going to think. You know, you'll get so mad and it doesn't even happen. You know, there's a great example of this in the Old Testament, the book of Numbers. And it's it's when uh, Moses was sending out the, the 12 spies into the land, uh, the promised land, to see what the promised land that God promised the children of Israel, what it was gonna be like. So these 12 spies go out, 10 of them come back with a negative report and two of them have a good report. Let's pick up the story in Numbers 13 and verse 30. going me just read a few verses. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored would devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. See, that's what the spies thought that the people in the land thought about them. They had a mindset of what these people were like and what they were thinking. Now, years later, Joshua sent out two spies right before they entered the promised land. They were about to go take it. They were about to take the town of Jericho and Joshua sends two spies out again. And so they're thinking, man, they all, so wrong mindsets about themselves. We're like grasshoppers. We're like grasshoppers in their eyes. And we know that's how they think about us as well. Now, but look at what happens in Joshua chapter 2 and verse 8. The spies went out. It says, before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up to the roof to talk with them. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. But we have heard how the Lord had made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. So did the people think that they were like grasshoppers? No, not at all. It was totally opposite. That's the same people. That's Jericho. That's the promised land. That was the city they were going to take to begin their conquest. But it was it was different. They thought the people looked at them as they saw themselves, but their thoughts about others was totally wrong, what they thought about them. Now, and and and, and again, these two things work with each other. If you have a negative mindset about you, you often think somebody else has a negative mindset about you. But that could be totally wrong. Kind of like the Lord with Gideon. Gideon saw himself as the least. God saw himself as the mighty warrior. And that's what I talked about a couple weeks ago. That's why we have to surround ourselves with people that, that don't think the way we think. If you have stinking thinking, you need to get around people that have godly kingdom mindsets. And kingdom thinking to help challenge and change those mindsets. Right? See, the people really were scared of them and didn't think they were like grasshoppers at all. They knew that the land was about to be taken. See, when we think a certain way about someone, and now let's look at it as maybe you have a mindset about somebody, not how they're thinking about you. Let's just switch gears now and just say, I, I see this person a certain way. I perceive this person a certain way. I've only had a couple conversations with them. Maybe I've heard some conversation about them. I've heard them talk a little bit. I've seen their social media. So you perceive that you know, you you've, you've built a case against this person. Listen, when we think a certain way about someone, We find evidence to support it, even if it's not true. When we think about someone a certain way, we'll find evidence to support that thought, that train of thought, even if it's not true. You look through the glasses of, of, of your thoughts, of how you're thinking and how you perceive these people, even if it's not true. Y'all, this can be very, very dangerous because you build a case in your own mind, but then oftentimes what we happen, we don't, we don't like to, to be right by ourselves, we like to pull other people in too. And our own mindsets about others can not only damage them, but it can damage people around us that we're trying to influence and we're trying to help them. We're, we're building this case about somebody that can, cannot be true at all. You know, that this, this happened to me. I found this out just recently. A lot, a lot of people, I wouldn't even plan on sharing this, but I'm just going to go ahead and share it. A lot of people in the church, a lot of people I've been very close to, Pastor Rob, just last week, I believe it was last Wednesday, I was, Letting the pastors know I was heading off campus to go to lunch, and I was telling them that I was going to have lunch with my sisters. And Pastor Rob looked at me, and he's like, "Yo, what?" And I said, my sisters. And he said, dude, I didn't know you had sisters. I said, yeah, a lot of people don't. I have two half-sisters. My dad was married before he was married to my mom. So I have two half-sisters. That's a whole God story on how the Lord just connected us. And so we start. I have started spending time with my sisters. And, and our families have gotten together and spent time. Well, because my dad left their family when they were little to start another family with my mom. They had these thoughts and these mindsets about my dad. So when we sat down for the first time and had a, this, we've never had a conversation like this. We had lunch and we probably spent two hours together. We started sharing about, about our past, about our upbringing, about my heart broke for them because I know my dad abandoned them to start a family with, with, with my mom, which was, uh, he stayed with, with our family until the day that, that he passed away. And so my heart broke for them because it's like, man, I I felt so bad for them because their dad had left them. Our dad had left them. But as we begin to the talk, they were feeling bad for me. And I was like, why is that? And from the little bit they knew about my dad, because my dad wasn't perfect, he had a temper and he had his issues and stuff like that. They basically thought that me and my brother grew up with a monster all our lives and that our childhood was absolutely horrible. And when I begin to share with them, I was like, yeah, my dad did some, some bad stuff. He, he, he missed some bases. He did some, I was like, yo, no, but, but he did a lot of good stuff too. And I begin to talk about how my dad, like, you know, Spent a lot of time with us, was at all of our ball games, played with us in the yard, took us hunting and fishing, took us to sporting events, you know, and and all this kind of stuff. They were like, really? We didn't know that. What happened? They had built a case against my dad that they thought was right, and it took them 40-something years to realize that it was wrong. And that's what happens whenever we, we we begin to have a mindset that groove. And it was it was awesome for both of us because it was like, man, I'm so glad to hear that. But we got to be careful. If we think a certain way about somebody to build a case, it may not even be true at all. And it can affect you. And you could think that way. Listen, y'all, 40 plus years. They're both in their mid to late 40s. And they started believing this when they were little girls when he left. Isn't that, isn't that a powerful story? to see how I'm so thankful that was able to change. And obviously my dad's been gone for like 21 years now. And it is, you know, that part of it is still heartbreaking, but God's doing a work and doing some some awesome healing. Amen? So negative thinking can keep us from the plans that the Lord has for us. We know that. Listen, you remember the 12 spies that came back? Only Joshua and Caleb, out of all of the adults and probably a million-something people in Israel, only two adult males actually got to go into the promised land. And it was because of the way they thought and perceived the promises of God. The rest of the adults, if you read the story, none of them can go in the promised land because those 10 spies had a wrong mindset about themselves and the enemy. And they, none of them, their children went into the promised land, but none of the adults did. So wrong mindsets, negative thinking, constant negative thinking could keep us from the plans, purpose, promises, and blessings of the Lord. You know, I remembered... When I was playing Pee Wee football, uh, and, and I was at practice one day and I, I wasn't, I wasn't a start. I wasn't on the first string team and I, I, I played defense and, and they were doing some drills. Um, I think they were doing offensive drills and the coach had called for the defense. And when, when he would call for the defense, both the first team and the second team would come up and then we would do, you know, drills with the first team and the second team. Well, I was hanging out by the ball bag talking to one of the other players and he called for the, for the defense. And since I didn't realize the first team defensive end wasn't there, and I'm just talking to this guy, and I hear the coach holler at me, Miller, he's like, I just called for the defense. He said, so-and-so's not here. If you would have been paying attention, you would have been up here, and you would have been starting for this next game. He said, but you're too busy over there playing by the ball bag. And it just, like, crushed me. And I started thinking about, okay, what happened there? Well, in my mind, I was the second string, and I didn't think, that I was going to be playing in the next game. So I was just fiddle-farting around over there with another guy. But because of my mindset that I'm just second string, I missed the opportunity to become a starter. Y'all tracking with me? So that, that thought process for me cost me, and I, I don't know, maybe I would have took the guy's position. or something. I never know now, but I believe it was a thought pattern that I had in my mind. So how do we change our mindsets and negative way of thinking? Number one, of course, we need to reprogram our mind. Reprogram. The Bible calls it renewing our mind. We A lot of us, I'm I'm not going to assume all, a lot of us are familiar. Romans 12 to don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's where the title of this message comes from, transformational thinking. He said that if you change the way you think, then God will transform you. When I've spoken on the subject before, I, I, I remember saying, you know, change your thoughts and God will change you. He says he will actually transform you. You know, there's a difference, and I've learned this in recent years, there's a difference between change and transformation. Because there's things we can change on our own in our own life, but only the Lord can truly transform us. He says you will be transformed into, that's that word metamorphosis, right? Like a butterfly, you know, a worm turns into a butterfly. It's a total transformation. Only God can do that. But Romans tells us we do it by changing the way that we think. So we need to renew our, in our vernacular with computers, reprogram your mind. That's the same. you got to reprogram the way that you used to think into programming it the way that God thinks. We have to do that. If you think negative about yourself, it's because someone or something has caused it. Something or something. Maybe you 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 had trauma in your life. You had some major you know wounds in your life. Maybe someone spoke something over your life all all, all these years that made you think a certain way. Well, however, your thoughts got there. You got to reprogram it. You have to reprogram your thoughts, your brain, and your mind. The Bible is all about changing your mind. In fact, changing your mind is the central theme of the New Testament. Did you know that? You know, in the Bible and all through the Bible, when you hear both Jesus and then the apostles saying to repent and talks about repentance, that word actually means to change your mind. If you break down the word repent in Greek, the word pent means to think. Repent means to rethink. When it says repent and turn to God, it means to rethink the way you've been living. Rethink your life. Repent from your sins. Rethink what you've been doing. Stop doing what you were doing. That's why repentance is more than just confession of sins. It's turning away. It's re I, I'm I'm not gonna I'm do what I did. I'm rethinking. I'm turning away and I'm turning to Christ now. That's what that word repent means. Repentance. So rethinking is the theme of the New Testament. Of course, something spiritual and supernatural, this is not just a self-help motivational speech. It it's it's straight from the Bible. It says to be transformed by the renewing or the reprogramming of your mind. The main way that you reprogram your mind is through the Bible. It's through God's word. We see in Ephesians 5, 6, 26, when God, when the Lord's talking about the, his bride, Jesus is talking about the church, he says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water with the word. So and ultimately, you know, kind of joking, I know that I actually saw a cheesy church sign one time that said free brainwashing, and I was like, that is like the worst church sign. And I'm talking like, this wasn't 20 years ago either. It was like last year at some point. And I, I so like wanted to call the church and and say like, man, that you're not going to get like anybody <laughs> to your church by saying, and even put free brainwashing. Then he put LOL real big. And I was like, I felt bad for him. Like I, you know, like it was one, like, I felt embarrassed for, for, for this church. and And actually, so anyway, but as cheesy as that is, <laughs> In essence, that's really what we need to do. We need to, that's kind of what the Bible is saying. We need to kind of wash our brain. That's what it is. You need to, you have a certain mindsets and things you've been thinking. So it's like you need to wash it with the Bible, get a clean slate, and then that's how you reprogram it, Right? Right, You know, Just like I used to be a painter for a living, if you're going to paint any surface, you can't just take paint and slop paint on top of a really dirty, moldy surface, whether it's wood or sheetrock, whatever. You have to clean that surface first really good, then you have to sand it, then you have to dust off the dust from the sand, and then you paint it. So you have to clean it first. So that's what the Bible is saying, by the washing of the water of the word. So when you look at Hebrews 12, not Hebrews, Romans 12, 2 and Ephesians 5, you combine these two, you reprogram, you renew your mind, you first wash it and then you reprogram it. And this is all done through the Bible, through the word of God. And it goes back to what I said earlier. How do you think about yourself? If it's negative, find out what God thinks about you. He says, these are the thoughts I think about you says the Lord. Well, what does the Lord say about me? Well, he has a 66 uh, uh, chapter uh, uh, or book love letter that he has his thoughts about you in there. And you need to find out what the Lord says about you. And of course, we're, you know, that's why we're here to help you to try to unfold those kind of things. But how much the Lord loves you. Like, I love this story. Whenever uh, 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 Abigail meets David and she says, you're safe in the Lord's treasure pouch. I love that. I love that picture of like the Lord has this these treasures and we're safe and secure in his treasure pouch. Those are the kind of things you got to think about how the Lord thinks about you. You got to reprogram your mind. I, I can't do any of this. Well, what does the Bible say? I can do all things through Christ. I, the, the, you know, man, I just feel so, you know, this, that, and the other. There's so many scriptures. You got to find out what is it that God says about you. It washes, gives you a clean slate, and then helps you to reprogram. Program it. You must allow the Word of God to wash away wrong mindsets and negative thinking. So that's the first thing: reprogram your mind. Number two: stop the thoughts, negative thoughts. I should have put it, stop the negative thoughts from coming into your mind. Second Corinthians ten five says that we must take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You see, the mind is as much as a receiver as it is a generator. Is as much as a receiver as it is a generator. We generate our own thoughts, but we receive a lot of thoughts all day long. All day long, there's different thoughts that come into our mind, different opinions, things that we see, things that we read, things that we hear, right? Uh, We have to stop these thoughts from coming in. Once we change the ones that are in there, we must stop others from coming in. Listen, I know there's a, a book out there, and it's probably a good book. I never read it. I know uh, uh, reputable author and all that kind of stuff. But the battle is best won at the threshold of the mind, not in the mind itself. You'll fight the battle. You'll be more successful if you can stop it at the threshold of your mind before it gets in there and starts permeating every thought of of, of, of or every part of your thought and your philosophy and theology. And once it gets in there, it's a lot harder to get out than if you can stop it at the door. Think about it like this. Especially nowadays, I don't know how they keep doing this. Think about, first of all, a salesman that tries to come in your door and sell you something. Are you going to let that guy in your house? Are you going to are you going to stop him at the door and say, we are not interested? Yeah, but we are not. If you let that dude in your house, I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot harder to get him out your house, right? And then chances are, not only will you not get him out of your house, you're probably going to buy what he's trying to sell you, right? Stop him at the door. What about even, like, telemarketers? Do they have your cell phone number now, too? Because they have mine. And they call from all over the country. Then they, act, they call from, like, Scott, Louisiana, and it's somebody that sounds like Jamaican or something. I'm like, you're not from Scott. I can tell. I, you know, they get you. But what happens? You don't answer it. <laughs> My brother, I call Jason's cell phone. You mind if I share this, Jason. I called Jason the other day, his cell phone picks up, and he goes on his big thing, like, listen, if you call him from New Jersey or Connecticut or, for, or one of these places, I'm not interested. I'm not, he like, he had this big rant about the telemarketers. I was like, Jason is Brandon Miller from Scott, Louisiana, not trying to sell you anything. Just got a question for you, brother, call me when you get a chance, you know. But but what was he doing? Jay was trying to, yeah, he called me back. Jason was trying to stop him at the threshold, right, Jay, that's what you were doing. He's like, I'm letting him know on my voicemail. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to call you back, right? The same way with our thoughts, guys. That's actually a great illustration there. Jay, you see you helped me out with my sermon tonight. You didn't even know. So, but it's so true. If we can stop them, you know, Pastor Ty used to say this all the time. You can't, and he still does probably, but I remember this stuck with me when I first got saved over the years. And he always says, you can't stop birds from flying over your head. You've probably heard this, but you could stop them from making nests in your hair, right? Thoughts are going to come and thoughts are going to go. But you know what? A bird is going to fly over. You know, but you could, you know, you, you can't always stop. The thoughts that are going to come through your mind. And what sixty thousand thoughts I said a day? Some of those are generated, some of those received. But if you get a negative thought, you get a wrong mindset. You know, don't line up with the Word of God. Then you just you can do away with. It. You can take every thought captive. How do you do that? By praying, by speaking against it, by refocusing, which we'll talk about that. And really, I'll say that. It's refocusing. The way you, you take your thoughts captive is something comes to your mind. Sometimes it's not even bad. It's just I'm trying to pray and I'm thinking about fishing. You know? Just like, okay, Lord, help me to be a fisher of men. You know what I mean? Fishing's not bad. I heard one pastor say one time, It's like every time I pray, I have all these thoughts going through my head. He said, I'm, I'm trying to pray for my city and I'm thinking about my golf game. So he's like, what I do is like, Lord, help me to improve my golf game. Then I get back on track. It's like lift that up, you know, take it captive and move it to the side, right? But if it's it's negative they're nothing wrong with playing golf and fishing right amen so if you golfer and fishermen out there so they're nothing wrong with that kind of stuff but you gotta but if it's negative and it's a wrong mindset that's trying to penetrate your brain and trying to penetrate your thoughts you got to take that captive and refocus in prayer and in worship number three Going back to prayer, pray about the negative thoughts and wrong mindsets. Look how Philippians 4, 6, and 7 in the Living Bible says it this way. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you would experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Listen, his peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. I love that. I hadn't read that, that I I love the scripture, I read it often, but I hadn't read this translation in a long time. He says, his peace will keep your thoughts, that's what we're camping out on this morning, and hearts quiet and at rest in Christ Jesus. What did it all start with? With prayer. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. I remember a young man when I was a youth pastor, one of our youth leaders, he told me one time he had been struggling with certain mindsets. And he said, man, I've been battling these mindsets. And he said, I know it sounds simple, young man, he said, but it wasn't until I started praying about it. When I started praying about these specific thoughts, I was able to overcome it, right? So we got to focus in prayer, and then we got to pray specifically for these wrong mindsets. And then the fourth and final thing is fix your thoughts on the right things. Fix your thoughts on the right things. Again, in the living Bible, Philippians 4, 8 says this, and now, brothers, I'll say, and sisters, as I close, as I close this letter in this sermon, let me say this one more thing. Let me say this one more thing. That's not right grammar, is that? I, Doug, is that right? Did I copy and paste that in there, right? I'm going to say that was the Bible writers, not me that wrote it that way. Anyway, fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely And dwell on the fine good things in others, which that talks about we talked about earlier. Dwell on the good things of others. Instead of building a case of negativity about others, the Bible says think about the good things in those people, right? Think about all you can, praise God for, and be glad about it. See, that's another way you take your thoughts captive. It's just like anything. you got to redirect, like reprogram in your mind. You just can't say, like, I'm not going to think about anything. I'm going to think about nothing. How does that work for you? Ever tried to do that? I will think about absolutely nothing. That does not happen. If you know how to do that, come see me right after service. I want to learn that reprogram. But it's not true. You you, got to redirect your thoughts, right? Just like when the Bible says, flee from all lusts. It don't just say flee. It says, and pursue godliness with those that call upon the Lord with a pure heart. When you leave from something or stop thinking about something, you got to think about something else. I always share this scripture every funeral I ever do. I, this is one of the things I share every single time because I know when you lose someone you love and somebody passes away, it's, it's a traumatic experience and you dwell a lot on this person's not here no more, how much it hurts, I'm going to miss them. Those are all normal processes, part of grieving. But I encouraged them, hey, listen, to get past this grief, eventually what you got to do is you got to reprogram your thinking. You got to redirect your thinking to the good things. And I always share with the man, like for me, my dad, I lost my dad when I was 19, and it was hard. It's still, I miss my dad. I always miss my dad. But you know what I think about, man, I'm thankful for the 19 years I had him in my life because I got friends that never met their dads. I got friends never had a dad in the household. I had some of my friends that actually told me, they're both two guys I'm thinking of right now, good friends, both were in my wedding. They both said that my dad was more of a dad to them than their fathers were. One of them said he learned how to shave from watching my dad. One of them said he never went to church unless they slept at our house. And he said he actually didn't like coming to my house because he knew he had to go to church the next morning. But now him and his wife's actually coming to church here. They serve in the Lord. Now, and he said, man, it was my dad that laid that foundation. So, you know, I'm thankful that I had my dad. See, that's dwelling on good things. I can dwell on how a lot of bad things of my dad dying at, you know, early age. But I, I choose to dwell on the good things. When I hear my friends telling me that, man, you know what, I had my dad for 19 years. Some people walk around today still never met their dad. You might be in here today and you say, man, that's me. I never met my dad, you know. So I'm thankful, you know, for that. And, and you might have a wrong mindset. Because of that, because of the hurt of not knowing you, that maybe your dad is alive and you did have a dad, but he wasn't much of a father. So you can pick up wrong mindsets and, about your dad, about you, who you are. That maybe you wasn't loved or wasn't wanted because your dad didn't maybe pay a lot of attention to you or or, or whatnot. You know, those are all things that that's true and real, and, and it's hard. But for us to break through and reprogram our life, we need to fix our thoughts on the right things. So as we close. What are maybe some wrong mindsets that you have? Let's start there. What are some wrong mindsets you may have about yourself? That even as I've been talking tonight, you say, man, I have this this thought about myself, this image about myself, and I know it's not right. And I constantly think about this. And I know it don't line up with the Bible. I know it's not people tell me the opposite, the good things. I'm But maybe you have a wrong mindset about yourself. Maybe you have a wrong mindset about others. Maybe you've been building a case about other people like my sisters did with my dad, and and, and it, it, it wasn't all the way accurate. Maybe you've done that. Maybe you've done that with your own spouse, maybe your boss, your children, maybe some people in church, maybe, you know, and, and, and you know it's not right because when you think those thoughts, you can tell you what's, you know, you can sense that it's not right. There's negative feelings that are attached to those negative thoughts. You remember the inner man is our thoughts, our emotions, our will, and maybe if there's negative thoughts, think about that for a minute. Actually, do me a favor and close your eyes right now. Just, just talk to the Lord about that. If you have wrong mindsets, negative mindsets and mm-hmm. thoughts right now, you remember it said don't worry about anything but pray about it. Start praying about it. And the first thing I want you to do is ask the Lord, Lord, where do these thoughts come from? Like where do they originate from? We know that ultimately they're from the enemy. But where do they start, Lord? If you have a bad self-image about yourself, if you think that you can't do certain things, you're limited in life. Or nobody wants you or nobody's going to like you. Nobody's going to want to marry you or, or you'll never be successful or never get any further in your career or never be able to be used by the Lord. Ask the Lord. Those are just some examples. It might be something else. You might have something right away that you know. Ask the Lord, Lord, where did that start from? Where did that, where did that wrong mindset come in? He might take you back to your childhood. He might take you back to yesterday, last week. What, what is it, Lord? What, why do I think this way about myself? Maybe you have negative thoughts towards other people. Lord, why do I think this way towards them? And maybe, if you are honest, you might have some wrong mindsets and negative thoughts towards the Lord himself. And that's real. That happens. That's part of of life. Maybe you question God. You doubt God. Maybe you're angry at God. And ask the Lord. He already knows. He knows what you're thinking, right? He knows our hearts, right? Our minds, our emotions better than we do. So begin to ask the Lord right now. Lord, why am I thinking like this? And then begin to ask the Lord, Lord, help me. Lord, bring healing if it's from a, a, a wound or some trauma that I've, I've had in my life. And then begin to ask Him to help you reprogram your mind by reading the Bible, studying the Bible, getting the Bible in you, doing away with wrong negative thoughts. And ask the Lord what He thinks about you. Matter of fact, let's do that now. Ask the Lord, Lord, what do you think about me? If this is a negative mindset, wrong negative thought, and you know it doesn't line up with God's will or God's word, ask the Lord, Lord, what do you think about me? What do you say about me? Just take a minute, just right now, just close your eyes and and just, just see. Maybe you might sense the Lord telling you something right now. The Lord might want to speak something to you right now that can break a wrong mindset off of your life. Lord, I pray that you show them who they really are show them what it is that you think about them Lord. the thoughts that you have Lord, towards your children right now how much you love them that they're mighty men and women of God that they can do all things through Christ and Lord if it's not right now I pray you would speak to them through your word and help them now let's ask the Lord to help us to stop the thoughts coming into our mind the Bible says that's taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Let's ask the Lord to give us the grace and the strength to do that. Father, I pray, help us to all recognize when when negative, our own mindsets are coming into our, our life, our hearts, our minds, to be able to stop them. Give us the strength to stop them, to forbid them, and to redirect our thinking, to fix our thoughts on the right things, godly things, things that are worthy of praise. And as we're doing right now, continue to pray about negative thoughts and negative mindsets as we leave here tonight Jesus name why don't you go ahead do me a favor and stand up with me as I read one more scripture before we close you remember earlier I said that the word repentance means to change your mind right Acts 3 19 is one of those um, was one of those verses in the, the New Testament Acts three nineteen says, "Now repent of your sins and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped away." Do me a favor, even though you're standing now, go ahead and bow your head with me again. Close your eyes as we wrap it up. The word "repent" means to rethink. When he says "repent of your sins," sin is anything that we do that breaks God's law, that's against the the, the Word of God, and and you know what it is. You've since we've been kids, you know. You know, the, the, the Lord has given us a conscience, which is the, what the Holy Spirit works through to tell us what's right and wrong. So if you know, like, Brandon, I've been, I have sin in my life. And, and you know what? I want to rethink the way that I'm living. I want to rethink, repent, ask God to forgive me of my sins and rethink the way I'm living and turn away from my sin and turn to God. You say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if, if today was my last day on the earth of where I would spend my eternity. The Bible makes it clear we will spend eternity somewhere, either heaven or hell. He says, repent of your sins and turn to God so your sins may be wiped away. The good news is God doesn't send anybody to hell. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us so we can be saved and forgiven, our sins wiped away, and we can spend eternity with him. But actually, the Bible also says that unless you repent of your sins, that we will perish. And that means for eternity. So if you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with God. I need to repent. Nobody's looking on. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm not going to bash you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here or anything. But if you say, Brandon, I need to repent of sin in my life, and I need to turn to God and get right with God, if that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up, and I want to pray for you. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand right here, too. Anyone else? Thank you, gentlemen, for being bold. Is there anyone else that man, I need to get right with God. I got sin in my life anybody else. All right. But well, for these, these gentlemen, that was bold. You know what, brothers? We're going to pray with you. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So as a church, we're all going to pray this together. And in faith, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, Lord, I repent of my sin. Lord, I'm sorry for sinning against you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross and making a way for my sins to be wiped away. Now, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would cleanse me. I ask that you would heal me. And I ask that you would save me right now. i make you my Lord and Savior. Now, Lord, give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's give these guys a round of applause. Praise God. God bless you gentlemen Hey if you prayed that prayer For the first time Or maybe Again recently There's a card in the pew In front of you it says I made a decision Go ahead and fill that card out You can either bring it to me up here or drop it off in the info center. Ms. Colby is going to be out there uh, In the lobby uh, If not Come on guys Again let's Let's transform Our lives are, allow the Lord to transform our lives by reprogramming and changing the way that we think. I know the Lord is going to help us. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be down here. If not, God bless you. Have a wonderful evening and a great rest of the week.